guys, 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 can yeah. I do it? Can I, can I do it? Go, go, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Uh, Mitch, bro. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. You thought I'd mitched my last bruh. <laughs> Suckers. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And welcome to episode 429. And we're going to be talking about Formula E and its Brazilian debut in Sao Paulo. Nothing was more Sao Paulo. Do you, you see that podium celebration at the end of that weekend? Like, Extensively Sao Paulo. Oh, Almost to Sao Paulo. Almost as Brazilian as Nelson PK getting annihilated for nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars for what he said about Lewis last year. Oh, oh yes. I, I need to, I need to point out that Nelson PK Senior got the lighter possible punishment. Yeah, he also the 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 courts wanted double that originally. Um, my man I got off lucky. Disappointed they didn't fall through. I know, I know. We'll take it. In other words, in other news, I'm currently smacking my meat against the table in celebration. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck them. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I generally say in response to that. But uh, hey, let's, let's talk about some of the good things to come out of Brazil, personally, because we do have a Formula E race to talk about from Sao Paulo. It was fun. Um, like, again, a little bit chaotic, but more in a good way than Cape Town was? Yeah, I would say that. Although I am kind of surprised, uh, hi, I'm RJ O'Connell, that this is our Sao Paulo Grand Prix episode, but I have a feeling this is going to be our most popular episode in the uh, in the country of New Zealand. No, I've, I think we're doing uh, a great guns for our Kiwi audience, if I do say so myself. Yeah, what, what, do, what, do, you, what do people from New Zealand like? Cricket, um, rugby, and Mitch Evans. In that order. And Nick Cassidy. And Nick Cassidy. a second. It was yeah. a close second. It was a phenomenal finish where the top three finished a half a second apart from one another. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was... The whole podium was covered by half a second. Um, Sam Bird atoned for his sins. Um, like... It's about time. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Cam Buckley. Hi, Cam Buckley. I have nothing further to add. <laughs> you were just talking about a man who had open heart surgery with no anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be me tomorrow. I, 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 what I might do is I might I might creatively edit because we did get this on record. RJ's initial reaction to to when this happened. I, might I keep mentioning that we need to have cold opens for the show. I've never mentioned this, but I yeah, think yeah, be yeah, because you reacted in visceral <laughs> horror. <laughs> Guy who had open heart surgery with no painkillers, awake the whole time. Ah! <laughs> I might just keep that in for my own amusement. <laughs> I think RJ yeah. just died. Um, <laughs> so, if, if, if you would like to be a co-host on Motorsport I've never heard RJ re- I've never heard RJ react with such visceral horror in all his life. So, I can confirm he's dead. If you'd like a job on Motorsport 101, please write into I'm better than RJ O'Connell was. I don't. Th- uh, I've never seen you more mortified for an incident ever. 
Yeah, like uh, we literally <laughs> joked that uh, in the old Top Gear fashion that we thought, well, RJ O'Connell must be dead. So if you want to be a, if you want to job a motorsport one one, please write oh. into. I'm better than I'm a better host than RJ O'Connell was. Um, <laughs> uh, now I get to be the Richard Hammond of the podcast. Ironically, <laughs> I've just eaten a whole banana. <laughs> Do not get in the dragster with the turbine. Please don't. Or the big fancy electric car on the mountain. Uh, that would be preferred. Just generally. Or speaking. or the Toyota Land Cruiser where the rear diff exploded and didn't somersault the truck. You know how wild it is, by the way, that one of the most rational and sane and like benevolent takes on the UK's uh growing gender critical wave of bullshit has come from and I'm checking my notes here. Jeremy Clarkson? Jeremy Clarkson is a collection of conflicting Yeah, I don't even know. It's like it's like I saw, I saw the piece he wrote about that and I I've, we thoroughly say here on this podcast trans rights are human rights and you know we stand with all our trans allies out there fighting the good fight that he got to a point where he basically said, "Hey, you know what? This is all a little bit over the top, right?" And he did it in the most ham-fisted <laughs> way he could have possibly The imagined. most Jeremy Clarkson hitting his engine control unit with a hammer kind yeah, of way. Like, as like, he ty- would. You know, like typing with boxing gloves essentially on his hands. <laughs> he's, he's strong man. <laughs> he's strong man typing with boxing gloves on. Right. And to eventually say that hang on guys, this might be a bit much. Maybe the maybe our trans maybe we, maybe we're the bad guys. Right. Right. You know, as you do. This is from um, a man who <coughs> out here cutting a shoot promo on Meghan Markle and almost lost every every gig he had because of it. Right, right. It's it's a weird time. People contain about- multitudes. Let's talk about the Formula E Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Don't press Formula E made its long-awaited Brazilian debut this past weekend, and it was only borderline chaotic. So, peak Formula E. Jaguar's powertrains, known for their excellent regen on a track that was very stop-start, lots of long straights and hairpins and chicanes and what have you, dominated the proceedings. In the end, Mitch Evans... Brasil! Hung on, despite a rampant attack at the end from Envision's Nick Cassidy, his third podium in a row, the first time in his career that Nick Cassidy's finished on the podium three races running, and Sam Bird in third, despite having an extra 2% usable energy at the end. I know Bird um, talked quite openly about not wanting to risk it. He reckons it would have been very risky if he had gone for the win. Um, I know Cassidy tried at the penultimate corner um, as, as, as well, uh, trying to send in on Evans, couldn't quite get it. Mitch Evans blocked past him for the win. But uh, the top three covered by just half a second in the end. Jaguar one and three. Jaguar powertrains one, two, and three uh, on the day. Um, so with a one three in the bag, fellas, are Jaguar back in the title picture? Well, a year late, but I think your pick yeah. might be right. I think I think your Jaguar bet is paying off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A solid weekend. It's a good weekend. <laughs> Can I just say, think- uh, you know, the, the you know, I think we all just decided. You know what? 
Let's not pay too much attention to Sam Brood. Let's let him cook and not pay too much attention. And then he'll end up having a good day for a change. Basically the same feeling with DS powertrains. (laughs) Maserati not included. Maserati are so bad. How How are are they they this bad? bad? I don't understand. Eduardo Martara, the picture of consistency last year is just wall, 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 wall. You have one sixth of the points of Neo Triple Three Racing. Huh? <laughs> oh, 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 he down, down. <laughs> An organization that has a driver who Jake Dennis called both a plucker and a geezer. A driver who is being called a geezer at the age of 24. <laughs> the future is now, young man. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <clears throat> There's a bit the Jaguar finally showing their potential because they have thrown away a lot of points this year, along with the fact that Porsche and Porsche adjacent gave themselves way too much to do this weekend. <sighs> well, Verline qualified badly, didn't get out of his group. Um, didn't get out of his group, hit the wall, and got a penalty for his troubles. Yeah, that was that was that was fun. And Antonio Felix da Costa, who was on for at least the podium. <laughs> Um, I reckon. I think he was would have been fighting in for the win, generally speaking. Was fighting for the win. Um, overcooked it into turn <laughs> one and had to. And bless him, he was the only one that really followed this rule properly. If you went wide on the outside of turn one, you were meant to stop your car before you could rejoin it. He was the only one who, very sportingly, actually did genuinely stop his car before rejoining. But it ended up with him falling down the order, as you do unfortunately. And Jake um, Dennis and the terrible, no good, very bad month continues. <laughs> three non-scores in a row. Three non-scores <laughs> in a row, and this time completely obliterated by Dan Tictum. Dan Tictum packed his ass. It, it was like... Hey, the re- yo! It was- <laughs> <laughs> yo oh, oh, yes. Yeah, it, it was NSFW. They did have to blur the screen. But yeah, yeah. Again, we joked that that's the reason why Jake Dennis called Dan Tictum a plonker and um, like and a geezer and, and a geezer. Like he went, he went what? very, very Johnny Herbert, full apples and pears, East London Cockney rhyming slang. Um, and yeah, it was not good. Like was that was the sort of that was the sort of shit that got Dan Tictum banned from motorsport for two years. <laughs> It well, wasn't well, not, deliberate. Not but, quite. I would okay, say there's okay. levels <laughs> to this. <laughs> okay, there, in this there's case. A careless incident, there's a careless incident in a, in a congested track, and then there is, like, you've been taken out in a title, a, t- a potential title deciding race, and your main objective is to go out there and get revenge with your car by passing 20 other cars to hit Ricky Collard with a spear out of nowhere. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he looked like he looked like Captain Falcon during the crash out a minimum of a few, a couple dozen cars <laughs> if you, you played f zero gx you know oh, i yeah. can't that man is getting called a geezer by a man who is four years older than him that's insane it, it, it is it is I'm, I'm, taking, jake, I'm taking jake dennis is second in the points and he's failed to score in three consecutive races yeah and nick cassidy has taken 51 <laughs> points of him in the last three rounds it's like the, the contrast in fortunes here. Cassidy's gone second, third, second in his last three races and picked up 
54, I lost some maths on that, 51 points. And then Jake Dennis has got zero in that time span. Like his, his second in the championship. Pascal Verline has <laughs> not been punished for having uh, two bad weekends in a row. Yeah. Because yeah. he's Lee's still, actually grown. He's, he's now got a 24 point lead at the top of the stand. He's, he's yeah. almost, he's back up to having a race in hand again. That is damage mitigation right there. That is the mark of a potential champion. Pretty good set out of this. I mean, he did do, he did have a good race. It's just way too much work that he's giving himself uh, on Saturday. Or, sorry, uh, not uh, on Saturday, on qualifying day. Time is a concept. Quite quite frankly, I'm just glad to see you humbled for once, Captain Porsche over there. You know, like. Humbled? Humbled? We're leaving both championships. Suck my dick. (laughs) Humble humble is a relative term here. Um. (laughs) No, humble was me on the Savoring episode. (laughs) that was going to be my next bullet in the chamber no jaguar jaguar did very well mitch yes, evans was in the wars pretty much every single lap and he held his nerve and won a race use that final attack mode he had to take to get in front and stayed there um, Cassidy tried as he huffed and he puffed, and Cassidy's driving really well at the moment and he, you know he, he has he's been the, the full we, man in the championship. Yeah, like, RJ, like, we've been new. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, we've been new. Yeah, substantial, seductive Cassidy um, you know, has his number one fan in this very podcast. and uh, Large appendage nendage. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's, doing the, he's doing the thing. with like, like I said, first time in his career, he's finished on the podium three races in a row. Sam Bird openly, like, he, tracked, he actually played it down by finishing third. He said, quote, I can't take any credit because it's completely the nature of the circuit. It's like, it's a game of chess, and I felt like I played it quite well. I was down on energy at the beginning of the race, and then I just settled in and used my tools correctly and got that energy back. And when I needed to make a move forwards, I did. Unfortunately, the target was such at the end, it would have been super risky to make a move, and it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> Sam Bird took the points. Mark Marquez, are you listening? Are you listening, bro? <laughs> no, no, he isn't. He's screaming into the void. God loves a trier, but, uh, you know, he, he needed a good result, Sam Bird. He struggled for the most part so much at Jaguar. I'm, I am really happy for Sam Bird because Sam Bird is like everybody likes Sam Bird. He's the people's champion of Formula E. Um, and I'm just delighted that he's Are we got sure a that Mitch result. Evans likes Sam Bird? He does. M- M- Mitch is a very after, forgiving person. After, after what had just happened? <laughs> I still to this I still think a part of me thinks that Sam let him have it, to be honest with you. Um it was like it's almost was, like Was there a gift basket involved? Was there was there a heart shaped box of chocolates? Christmas hamper. Full full on <laughs> Christmas hamper with all of your like potted meats and jams. Like you know, have you ever seen the Christmas hamper in the UK, Cam? Like that like, like I, I, what, I am aware of the concept. Yes, like this is exactly what this was. Christmas hamper, probably a cricket bat in there because Mitch is from New Zealand after all. Um, yeah, like like it's it's. I think Sam Bird since Hyderabad has basically been like that clip of the South Park guy who keeps saying, "I'm sorry." In the, in, I'm in sorry. The... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know he's come through nicely again. Evans was was brilliant at the front, and Cassidy was excellent too. Um, and yeah, like so, like I said, top three cover by just half a tenth. I I'm just glad that they finally got a clean run more than anything else because Jaggy was been unlucky a to mess. a degree. They've been a, a fast messy. competitive mess. Yeah. And we talked about this off the air a little bit as well, Cam. It's like 
we thought going in that Jaguar were like third or fourth best when it comes to their powertrains. It turns out they might have like the second best powertrain here um, instead. <laughs> and it's just that they've not I been think, able to I execute. Think the split, I, I think the split is a Jag are a little bit better in qualifying. Porsche are a little bit better in the race. Yeah, their efficiency. Again, DaCosta was, DaCosta was giving the, those on the podium fits. You know, I, it was actually quite weird to watch everyone's regen strategies because they were all doing big liftoffs at different parts of the straight. So whoever would get into the lead, they wouldn't be able to hold it. Mm. <clears throat> this, this this race, fun fact, had the most amount of lead changes in Formula E history. It had 12. It felt them. like it. Yeah, it, had 12, it certainly felt like it. This was a damn good race. There's a little bit of silliness. Um, <clears throat> there there were people that said that when, his, when he was in Formula 2 that Norman Nato is a mediocre driver because he's not a top-tier prospect. You know, he's done very well for himself. What the hell was that? Um, can we just talk about the second chicane here? Oh my God. Yeah. You know, to, to repurpose, to repurpose an old quote, whoever designed the chicane should be taken into a dark room and beat about the head. <laughs> For those who don't know, like after the initial, you know, um, right, left, right complex, there was a chicane at Sao Paulo and it wasn't really a chicane because like the distance between the two corners was significant enough where it's 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 not like a Grand Valley Speedway chicane at the end of that lap in Gran Turismo. I'm Grand Valley Highway 1. Uh, yeah, whatever. Shush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was long enough where there was a clear acceleration point between the two corners, and then some teams were choosing to regen there, and it just wreaked havoc. On certain, like like Sebastian Bemi bashed Dives his hand for days. in. Yeah, like Bemi bashed his hand in, basically driving into Maxi Gunther's car because <sighs> there was just a miscommunication about who was regenerating, and it caught Bemi out. Basically, um, it was fucking weird to watch on TV. I'm like, what is this chicane? Like, some people were trying to go three wide through there at one point as well. It was absolutely chaos. And it's one car wide on exit. Yeah, it's <coughs> silly, silly stuff. And then another one we, we, got, we got to get into a little bit as well. Like, Nick Cassidy almost launched his car into orbit down that second straight. Did you see that bump he drove over in the middle of yo, that, that Yo, I didn't know real we had... life. <laughs> Are we about to have the same brain cell, RJ? Are we thinking World Rally Championship has broken no. out into a Formula E race? No, it looks like the little... If you play a modern Mario Kart game... The little jumps that you can do tricks off of to get a boost. Nick Cassidy <laughs> jumped up. I'm surprised he didn't swing his ass and legs out of the cockpit to get a boost over it, to get attack mode over it. Right. So that's what it kind of looked like when it was happening. <laughs> this track. Oh. This track was simultaneously very fun to watch and completely unfit for purpose at the same time. Yeah, it's like, it's again, it's such a weird vibe. It reminded me a lot of New York last year, which if you went onto the left-hand side of that second straight at New York, there was a huge bump you on died. that left side, and it wiped people out. 
um, last year. Like like Mitch Evans almost obliterated. Him. Nick the Freeze had a, had one as well where he drove over that bump last year and it completely decimated the car's balance, lifted him up in the air. Like literally, Cassidy did like the leg tuck that Wild Luigi would do in Mario Kart Eight. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like legs akimbo over the top of the. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. Completely. It was hitting a big jump in a Supercross race and Chase and oh no, Chase Setson has managed to throw away another four fifty win. <laughs> I will I will throw hands in this chat right now, O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> oh no and like i said there was a huge crack on that side and it's like it's weird because again i want to echo what i said about cape town this is the sort of track that formula e needs to be racing on more often <clears throat> it is outgrowing the gen one tracks that that were that's staple like, parts of the, the calendar. best thing you could say about this track it's it, the silly shit aside it felt like it fit gen three absolutely oh yeah I'm going to be very curious to see what happens when we get to Tempelhof at the end of April because uh, we're going back to Berlin. I wonder if these how well these cars are going to fit Berlin because it's one of, it's always been one of the bigger Formula E tracks in general. Um, so it, I think they'll get away with it there, but because the main street is also very long as well in Berlin, so that's that'll be interesting. But Sao Paulo was like almost like oval esque. It's like. Again, I'm using another Mario Kart analogy, but it's like it's like driving an excited bike at Carina, where it's like it's like an oval, but not really in that sense. They put what they put whoops in the straight. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, <laughs> <clears throat> that's what it felt like to me watching it in action. Because you know, on one hand, it was quite dangerous, and that chicane definitely needs work next year. And let's please paper over that crack, and also as well. Scott Elkins, I need to have a word with you as a race director because uh, some of these incidents where we're almost like reluctant to throw out a safety car is getting a bit wacky now. Did you notice that as well? Where it was like, why is it Great, taking so long to I just realized car? we didn't even mention the aftermath of the Marquez incident in the MotoGP episode. Oh my God, yeah, where Miguel Oliveira is just laying down there. They've got the mm. pads out because he, mm. he can't get up. And, and they so- didn't red flag the race when there's people on the runoff surface. They just barely <laughs> got the main part of the accident clear as they were coming back around again, like oh within seconds. God. <clears throat> Similar Scott Elkins, you did not have the worst day as a race director. You did not have the worst day as a race director. However, yay! Um, <laughs> it, 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 fe- it, it I think you're exactly right. It, it feels like a, the the response times to throw different flags um, in Formula E are especially slow. I mean, we saw it in Cape Town with the huge um, <clears throat> the huge crash. That should have been a yellow and then a red and then was nothing by the time the second car came barreling in backwards. Mm. I, I don't know what's going on with that. It's like, are they trying to give every, like cars every chance to restart themselves and get going again before they throw the out car's a safety dead car? against the wall with a broken left rear suspension. It ain't moving, chief. <laughs> it, it, it's bizarre stuff. Like, Elkins needs to do better as a race director because that's the sort of shit that is just so unavoidable. Or so avoidable, I should say. Really. I would say he's arguably not even in the top two like bad days for race direction. If I you know. watch NASCAR, the Cup Series race at Kona, no, we, I, where I the, last, the, la- the last scheduled 11 laps, 
took an hour, and then they extended the race seven more laps. I pretend. Tri- triple overtime. I pretend I do not see it. I pretend I do not see it. The, the, that race I don't want to think about NASCAR. Congratulations, Tyler Reddick, on the big win. Uh, yes. well, re- very well deserved. I like Sao Paulo as a Formula E track. I, do I like it, but it feels like there is room for improvement, yeah. especially with the chicane, especially with the whoops on the straight. <laughs> exactly. Um, whoops in every sense. Um, but yeah, I, I do generally think it was a step in the right direction in terms of, again, track. Like I'm not going to say track layout, but style of track certainly fit. Um, and I want to see more tracks like that on the calendar. These cars can do 150 miles an hour plus in a straight line now. More of that, please. You know, you can't keep bragging about your cars being able to do two <coughs> and then never actually use them because your circuits are fucking tiny. Um, well, well, the problem is, I mean, that's that's what their market, that's what their self-styled image is, is cars and city tracks I'm like well if you make them too fast for the tracks why are you bragging about how fast you've made them when you're killing the racing product mm. um but yeah i think i i think the ingredients are here kind of yeah. going forward where this is the archetype of track that they need to build on um because the cars can do it and i mean this felt like a, this was a really good race cape town Silly shit aside, was a really great race. It feels like we're trending in the right direction with FE's track selection. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say so. Definitely a step in the right direction. Oh, we haven't even got to Monaco yet. Oh, baby. Uh, the real Monaco Grand Prix. Yes, sir. The real Monaco Grand Prix. Now, I, as I understand, uh, we have a quote here from Mahindra's Lucas Degrassi. The Butcher. Okay, so after the race, Mahindra Lucas Degrassi opened up about how big the differences have been in races this season. Because I wanted to get, I, I thought his, his perspective was intriguing. Quote, Porsche and Jaguar are way ahead, and DS, Penske, and Nissan are still there close to the front, he said. It's quite a difference. I underestimated the differences this year. I thought it was going to be much closer. In qualifying, you can even do something. I took pole in Mexico, but in the race impossible you need pace and efficiency there is a lot for us to improve and we are doing our best but it is hard and long-term work even if nothing happened in qualifying if we had a p10 in the quality finishing in the top 10 in the race would be very hard maybe we would get a few points but that would be the maximum we can do um how do you guys see the lay of formula E's land as we approach another month month break here because like I've, i thought that lucas's quote was interesting I will say this. He thought things were going to be close with a brand new set of technical regulations coming out. Bless his heart. Oh, what a beautiful, innocent soul. (laughs) Lucas Degrassi. Uh, Oh, my God. Um, But the rest of what he said, I think pretty much spot on. It feels like, again, both Porsche and Jaguar powertrains feel like they have inherent strengths and weaknesses. Hmm. It feels like the Porsche is the strongest one on race day. The Jag might be a little better over a single lap. I think a lot of it between those two teams is going to come down to actual execution because I'm going to be honest with you. When I watch Porsche's Formula E team, it just makes me want to slam my head in a refrigerator door sometimes. 
they do really, really dumb shit. You know how wild it is that Andre Lauder just had a quiet, forgettable weekend down in 12th? He didn't cause any trouble, but he's also just, like, not a factor. He has been completely anonymous this year. Ah. Where do we where do we rank uh, the Stellantis cars? Because like yes, Mahindra okay. Maserati can't finish a race. I've DS Penske has won. DS Penske has won, but Vern it feels is like, like yeah, Vern's fourth in the championship right now. Yes, and not really not all that far down. Uh, all things like like the big gap is from Verline to Dennis, and then three people. Dennis, Cassidy, and Vern, all within a point of one another. Right. And then Antonio Antonio Felix da Costa, who, again, three really solid races in a row, only two points behind him. The thing is with this is that it feels like DS Penske are blowing really hot and really cold. There are some sessions where they look every bit as good as they did in preseason when we all got catfished into thinking that DS was it. And then there's other times where they are just drowning against the other car. I mean, Stoffel Van Dorn was on the struggle bus for energy in this race. Certainly felt that way. Um, oof. Maserati. <laughs> fucking wow. Oh, dear. Hang your head in shame. Like, oh, we know man. that the powertrain is there. The problem is that they can't finish I don't races. Know if it is, though. I don't know if the powertrain is there because it it feels like it's a bit of a it's a mix. It's bag. good. It's good, but it's not great. The yeah. Porsche powertrain is completely cracked on race day. The Jaguar powertrain has multiple situations where it is great. Yeah. Um it doesn't feel like the DS is great at anything, and their regen just hasn't looked like, like their energy consumption, I, more I think is a better term than regen. Has have not been great. And let's not forget at this any is, point this, this is the race we come and Stoffel Van Dorn qualified on pole. Yeah, he dropped like a fucking bag of dirt in the race. Yeah, sixth place, four and a half seconds off the win. Yeah, Max Gunther was outside of the points, and Mortara met Wall again. He's really just having a long tumultuous affair with wall this year he has three points he's 19th in the championship he has year. all of maserati's points gunther still hasn't scored gunther has not scored a point so far this season Nancy you know, you know what driver. maserati are maserati are ahead of one manufacturer right now a manufacturer that just got one of their drivers back after a catastrophic broken wrist who had admitted we're going to be bad and have delivered to be pretty bad they said because they were going to be bad let years. me tell you they they nailed that promise they they would have kept a pinky promise in the situation they had to park their cars last time out yeah Besides that, I, I, I think a lot of what Lucas is saying is accurate about the state of the field. As yeah. as, as Cam said, Porsche are outstanding in race trim. Their their efficiency is off the charts. I think Jaguar is not far behind. I think they've gotten. I think what we suspected after the night races in in Riada is has turned out to be true. Jaguar seem to be better in hotter weather. Um, it looks like they have they are close to Porsche, which is good. Um, like I said, Cassidy, I think, is the informed man in the championship at the moment. Um, I don't know where he got the idea that Nissan is still there, but because Nissan blow very hot and cold at the moment. Um, but 
the still when they stop, all over the place. When they stop injecting their call their cars into cement walls, maybe they'll uh, start doing better. Uh, They've been struggleicious. Indeed. Sasha's got the speed. Sasha Fenestras has got the speed to succeed. It's just He's got the speed. I mean we didn't even talk about it much. The last the last race we had, we had a Nissan cleaned out of a podium position, and because it wasn't seen on camera, it wasn't even investigated. This never would have happened under the previous regime. Would it? (laughs) The the fact that I'm not sure kind of says it all to me, really. Um, Yeah, not great to say the least. Um, Yeah, but I think his overall perspective on the field is actually pretty accurate. And uh, yeah, Mahindra stink. Um, So uh, good luck with that. I, for one, am shocked. Mahindra stink. Apt stink more because they were dead for several years. Like, Lucas Degrassi scored a podium in the first race of the season for Mahindra. Hasn't scored a point since. Yeah, I mean, McLaren have been looking exceedingly mid for a couple races now. No regen. Like, it's, it's, it's not on the same level as the big hitters. It's, it's false. I think they would kill for that to, to just be mid right now in their Formula One program. God, I can't believe y'all were right about them being so bad in F1. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to let you forget about it because you said all throughout our preseason preview, there's no way they're that bad. And actually, no, they're worse. No, no, no. It's 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 like Houston itself. It's worse than I thought, um, et cetera. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. So, Jeremy, you got a very interesting question on your socials. Mm. You want to close out with this. Is Formula E the best major motorsport series for action right now? At least of all the ones that we regularly talk about. What do we regularly talk about? Formula One, IndyCar, MotoGP, and now, if we're if we're talking action, that could mean a lot of things. I mean, you ain't beating the action of an LMP3 driving over the back of one of the overall contenders under caution. I was gonna say, but right, quality action. It's an interesting yeah. one, right? Because um, this came from good friend, um, and you may also know her as the social media admin of the race, friends of the show, of course, Megan Cancel. Hi, Megan. I know she listens to. Hi. Know she listens in. Hi, Megan. Um, she's cool as hell. Um, and yeah, she asked because we just like we do. They cover. That's their four main series that they cover. So Formula One, MotoGP, IndyCar, and Formula E. Um, which series has had the best action so far? Because everybody's now had at least one race. Um, and I said, in front of one of the biggest IndyCar fans I know on Twitter, I said that IndyCar did well to get 30% of the poll. I really do think it actually did quite well to, to score that well. Because I, I broke it down like this. Formula One is always going to get the casual voters because it's because for most people it's the only series they watch, right? Um, and I think Formula One's been pretty drab so far this season. Like, like yeah, Bahrain like, was wheel, wheel to was wheel's okay. been all right, but yeah. if you want to fight for the lead, you nope. do not have one. Nope. MotoGP no. was fine again. Sprint was fun um, so far, but the race itself was again pretty mid. Um, IndyCar was a shit show. Some people find those shit shows entertaining, mm-hmm. so I can understand the argument. But how many cars finished that race again? Was it twelve? 
I mean, again, um, which, I, I bring it back. If you're talking about action, IndyCar's got everyone beat because the kind of action they had was multiple cars going up in the air on a street circuit. <laughs> I mean... We're going to the soporific Texas Motor Speedway this weekend. How would you fix Texas Motor Speedway? Oh, with a bulldozer. Thank you, Denny Hamlin. You know what's you know what's wild is that Denny Hamlin's entire podcast. Not that we're giving him like an explicit plug, but Denny Hamlin has a podcast, and it's really just him saying the quiet part out loud. That's re- that really should have been the title of his podcast: "Saying the Quiet Part Out Loud," starring Denny well, Hamlin. Well, <laughs> saying the p- quiet part out loud is actions detrimental to stock car racing. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's it's what we saw in St. Petersburg, as far as I'm concerned, from IndyCar. And, man, I've been real critical of IndyCar these past couple of weeks. Uh, right. Was not racing in my book. Not much of it, at least. Yeah. Um, most of what we saw out of the IMSA sabering 12 hours could not be classified as racing. What would you um, describe the racing as in NASCAR this weekend? Um shit moving on um (laughs) coda coda took years off my life four four and a half hours that race was total um and yeah i think generally given that formula e has had three pretty good races in a row and look it's a little bit unfair given that formula e's had five races so far no one else has had more than two um we've had two f1 races one indycar race um and one moto gp race um all things considered, I think that Formula E's had three pretty good races in a row with Hyderabad, Cape Town, mm. and now this. Um, I just promise had six races, actually. I thought it was only five. Thanks, Jason. Um, but the last three, I think, have all been very good. I, I think Formula E is, is leader of the clubhouse right now. Genuinely. It's amazing to think, Hot that, isn't it? Damn. Quality racing leader. Yeah. Formula E. Yeah. The series that just a couple of years ago we were thinking this is too much of a crapshoot to be coherent because they because they took that out of the series. Right. They cut out the gimmicks, they cut out the crap, they made it more of a meritocracy and the sport is infinitely better for it. Can I also say as well, we've not heard many concerns that many concerns about the Hancock tires lately now that it's warm. Well, I think I think that's twofold. One, look, they're not going to get any better. But also, they, this is what they asked for. They asked for more durable tires. They can they can use less sets of during weekends. It just so happens that what you're asking for is the comfort hard tires from Gran Turismo Five. <laughs> yo, yo, they got them in that Gran Turismo Two simulation tire. Oh yeah, the the I hate myself tires. Um. <laughs> you know, you can buy plenty of sets of those now that Gran Turismo 4 has cheat codes that people know about. It only took 18 years. Oh my god. <laughs> my dream has come true. But yeah, like, as I said, FE is so much better when it just is a racing series. And it's not trying additional gimmicky bullshit. And we can just watch zoomy fast electric cars pass each other. With top tier drivers that who would with eat great with drivers, yeah. Mm. And the driver, I mean, look, the driving talent really has not been the problem very often here. And I mean, even now, Dan Tictum exists in this series. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, what a clown ass. But this is what we asked for, and Effie is delivering. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's, it's... We were ready to strike this show off. The, we were ready to strike this series off the show. <sighs> yeah, end of season seven, I was genuinely considering if we're going to drop a series, Effie might have to go. Sincerely. And it's now doing enough to where it deserves getting covered. Yeah. Yeah, can't be any that, higher praise than that. Exactly, it's it's, a, it's taken steps in the right direction, and it, and it deserves credit for that. And long may it continue. Let's get out of here real quick. We got yet more action coming up this weekend. My word, we've actually got uh, three of our series next weekend. We've got uh, Formula One in Australia. We've got MotoGP in Argentina. Uh, and we've got IndyCar at Texas this weekend as well, so a, a whole heap of action coming up. The uh, the Honk Shoe Me 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 three seventy five. Huh? <laughs> huh? Um, was that what? Those are the auto- that? that that is the that is the onomatopoeic sounds of somebody snoring loudly. No. <laughs> No, I don't accept that, O'Connell. <laughs> yeah, not, not at all. Um, Formatory is back at the end of April. Um, they're, they're taking another month off. Which, uh, oh, God. Why does it have uh, a series taking months off that aren't their series summer breaks? It feels... I, I just, it's just... Yeah, weird. It's, it's weird. It is very weird. They're back at Tempelhof um, uh, for Berlin for two races there. That's going to be April 22nd and 23rd. So, again, just under a month's time. So Formula E will be in a bit of a break. So we'll be back for Berlin where that's concerned. Basically, you can find us real quick. Motorsport101.com is our website for all of the details you can find on there, including our Patreon page. You can back us there if you want um, extra benefits. We're on Twitter at Dre uh, underscore WTF1, CBuckley917, and at RJ O'Connell. Follow us on there. Motorsport101's Twitter is Motorsport underscore 101. Our Instagram page is Motorsport101pod. But uh, this was an unhinged recording, but I liked it and it was fun. I, I've been Dre Harris. Be, so this might be one of the most unhinged recordings I think I've ever been a part of, and I've been a part of over two hundred now. Yeah, uh, two hundred and three, and and that's something. Uh, two hundred and two, actually. Sorry, my bad. I can't count anymore. I'm getting out of here. Dre I Harrison, am the Mazda seven eight seven B. I've been Dre Harrison. He's been Cam Buckley and RJ O'Connell. Until next time, sayonara. Later, y'all. There's one thing I don't need to see for the rest of my life. It is an interview with Dan Tictum, shirtless, after wiping out one of my drivers. Well, at least he admitted it was him behind the wheel this time. Jesus Christ. <laughs>